Welcome, Pathfinders, to the Find the Path podcast actual play of the Mummy's Mask Adventure Path. Now with our introduction to Pathfinder, Pathfinder 101. Weird. I was going to make a 101 okay. Dalmatians joke. I, I was just going to say, and now we have nothing to look forward to. After you've gone through 100 <laughs> episodes, we're now going to explain how this game works. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to the end of the tutorial, what everyone. What is a PC? Uh, no. Weird. We Let's might be a little late on that. Personal computer. Yes. <laughs> oh. Well, it doesn't start with, what is an RPG? Like, no, nope. we go straight to PCs. Yeah. I'm going to assume, you have to assume a certain level of, uh, no, <laughs> that joke's dead. Moving on. So, uh, yes, this is our 101th episode. 101st. 101st? 101st episode. That sounds better. Yes, as we are moving into a new era for Find the Path. Are we really? I think it's more just the same. A new century. A new yes. Our next countdown is countdown to what episode 104 we've been releasing for two years straight <laughs> every uh, week. I mean, yeah, I think yeah. that's 104. Yeah, no, it'd be 106. 106. 106. Oh, that's we right. released we started three, episodes. With three episodes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. So yeah, that'll be their two year mark. But so we're so close to that too. Mm-hmm. But no, no, nothing exciting will happen for the next 100 episodes until you get to 200. No, no, we've established now that Studi Backstory happens every 50 episodes, so we can also count down to, to 150 when we'll get the, more of Studi's Backstory. <laughs> What's left? Yeah. Surprisingly oh, a lot, there's man. A lot. Like, okay. There's a lot. Oh, oh yeah. I wasn't there episode, for the last yeah, one. I don't episode know. Episode 100 also had some... Uh, we had a bunch of stuff. Episode 100A also had some interesting stuff for uh, Masika and uh, and actually some Falto exposition, too. Yeah. Oh, man, we're going to... So no, Get into it so we can do this in character. Yeah, there we go. Hollis just hung out. But let's, I want to uh, know what happens. <laughs> let's worry about that a little. So when last we left our heroes, our party had split, gone their separate ways. There had been things discovered. And uh, unlike you, my dear listeners, the people around the table are unfortunately unaware of what happened in either of the cross stories. That's intentional. To facilitate role playing. <laughs> my lord. Because we're so, we're, we're so bad at it. Rick has to make us role play, guys. He's got to really pull all of our dialogue out of our characters. Yep. Specifically Hollis, for sure. Yep. <laughs> I make them all turn off their microphones and just unplug their headphones and plug it into, I don't know, the soundtrack for Beauty and the Beast so that they can't hear what's going on. I don't know why Beauty and the Beast, other than the fact that it has a great soundtrack. That just got weird. Yeah, yeah. that got real really weird, weird real fast. He's torturing us with Beauty and the Beast. <laughs> hey, that's not torture. It's a tell us all this time. <laughs> listening to nothing but Beauty and the Beast would probably be torture. I'm pretty sure that was just my child. <laughs> yeah, but I'm not seven, okay? <laughs> little town. <laughs> no. Little my lord. Little my lord. Town. When last we had left our heroes, the party had split, gone their separate ways, had their own independent adventures. But I suppose let's just go ahead and jump back in. When last we had left Sudi, having awoken the exhausted and level drained I'm so uh, sleepy. Hollis. The F did you do? Sudi had settled in, taken out the mask of the Forgotten Pharaoh. What did it smell like this time? More potpourri? It didn't smell it like didn't anything. It didn't smell like anything. It was making sounds. Yes. Oh. The sounds of a crowd. Can I have Sugar like stand guard because she can actually perceive things? Sure. Uh, go, ahead perception and, actually, go ahead and make, have uh, Sugar make me a perception roll. <laughs> Do I need to make a and roll? Go ahead and make a stealth check for Narmer. Narmer? <laughs> He's stealthy? Dang Why it, Narmer. is he stealthy? Actually, go ahead and give me a perception roll from Sudi and Hollis, too. Sudi. Ah, come on, dice. That's it's on, not sight based. That's on brand. Hey! I, I, hilariously, um, 
Sugar gets a 14 total, but Hollis rolls a perfect 20 for a 20. (laughs) (laughs) That's sad. Gracious. All right, to put that in perspective, I roll Oh, wait, I'm level drained. A 19. Yes. So to put that in perspective, I roll a 4 and get a 21. Hollis has got lots of stuff, but that's not it. Okay, so the sad part is that Armor doesn't even have to roll for him to beat all of that, but I rolled a 12, which gets him a 35. Okay. So there was no way we were... Actually, I could have potentially done it if I got an 18 and up. Why is he stealthing? Who knows? Uh, Sudi. Oh, boy. You take the mask, you don it. Serious times. You feel that that sensation I've described previously, where the, the mask shifts, conforms to your face, giving you this... I have to I have to say this out of the GM mode here, but that's got to look pretty um, in like this gold yes. cat like lionine face on the front of this pharaonic I'm, mask. I'm kinda, oh. I always kind of think that it's like you put the mask on and it just melts into the new like shape. Yeah. So it has yeah. like this cool like dripping and like everything would be really cool. I don't know about the dripping. No, it, it doesn't the, drip. It just it's it just shapes itself. I don't know why my brain just went here, but does anyone else remember those toys from when you were a kid, which were just like the, the pins? This, yeah, they have all the pins. Yeah. And you oh, you hand put your hand it, in it. Makes the design yeah. of your yeah. hand. It's yeah. basically like that. But that and then smooths over. Yeah, and then yeah. it smooths over. Spiffy. So for a second, you look like Pinhead, and then it smooths over. Uh, no. <laughs> the uh, but you place this mask on, it adheres to your face. It shifts to conform to the features of it. Except for your whiskers, which it kind of presses down on the inside of the mask. Do I get little gold whiskers popping out? Yes. Yes. Nice. <laughs> so baller. You close your eye and the world melts away and you fall into this this silence. Not not a deafening silence, but this this quiet peacefulness. And then in the distance, you can hear almost as if coming from the end of a tunnel, the sound of this crowd, this multitude of people. Sudi, you slowly open your eye. The tent, the wagon, the caravan, all of it is gone. You'd heard on Eurus's descriptions before, what he'd seen, what he'd experienced, but this, for some reason, you'd expected something different. You'd expected it to be something like ghostly or ephemeral or illusionary. But as you open your eye, it is exactly as you would anticipate seeing if you were just stepping out now into crowded back streets in Tefu. Weird. But you're not in Tefu. The buildings around you are old, but not ancient, not thousands and thousands of years old, but done in the style of the ancients, yet in a condition now that makes them seem fresh and new, as if the hieroglyphic markings carved on them were carved yesterday, as if the paint was just applied. The people wear clothing similar to what those in modern Osirian do, but with a much older take to it. The much more traditional garb before the intervention of the Padishal Empire of Kalesh and their occupation. Ahead you can see a thick crowd. Scores and scores of people. They seem to be pushing up towards a platform built into this back alley. The platform itself is nothing spectacular, nothing really to draw one's eye to. It looks more like something that a merchant would put together just impromptu out of a number of leftover barrels and stacks of wood to make a platform to cry out his wares. But the people crowd forward towards it in the singular figure that stands atop it. 
what almost seems to be a, a small woman. Your eyes drawn to this, your eyes drawn past her, over the tops of the buildings, further back where you can see the massive black scarabed dome of Ulnoth the Festering. You've so. never been there, but this looks like Sothis. You feel almost more of a presence as they pass than a physical, anything physically brushing you as two young men make their way forward. The older of them is a young man, maybe 20, a little older, strong, fit. He wears workman's clothing, but he stands with the bearing of a warrior, not in the peasant garb that he wears. Standing next to him somewhat shorter, as that man stands close to six feet, is a younger man, 16, maybe, 17. The two of them make their way forward and almost instinctually, you know, these are the boys that Anyura spoke of. Not boys anymore. But they're in the garb of peasants, but look like they've probably undergone military training. They carry themselves with the bearing of warriors, but they're both dressed as common workmen. Simply white skirts and then a simple white shift to cover their shoulders. This open, exposing... A physique that would probably mark them to anyone with experience or knowledge as being trained warriors more so than farmhands. Mm. They make their way forward. You trail along after them. And almost in that strange way, in almost a dream-like way, you can hear the, the voice become clearer. It's almost like, despite the fact that you were closer to it, you couldn't recognize the voice until they got closer to it. Mm. Hollis, Sudi stands up. Uh-oh. Steps out of the back of the wagon. Uh-oh. Nope, 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 nope. He strides only a few feet forward, as I imagine you sit fully up, instead of that, like, leaning on your elbow, beginning to write as you were doing a second ago, rubbing the sleep from your eyes. And then Sudi begins to whisper. Is he outside of the cart? He's about two or three feet. I take a standard action to cast Cloak of Secrets. Okay. Okay. Isn't that on a fixed point, or is that on a... Can you put that on a... It's a, it's a five-foot radius from a fixed thing, so, like, I can cast it on a coin and put it, like, literally... Oh, so, like, cast it on the mask or whatever? Well, probably not on the mask, but... Yeah, something. Sudi's clothes, whatever. Very well. Sudi, you step forward, and the woman's voice becomes clearer. There are many here today that know of the difficulties that we all face. The Pharaoh's reign is long, but our Pharaoh weakens... There's a murmur coming through the crowd. The time of Dejerdit is passing. His strength falters, and with it, the security of our land. A few more murmurs come from the crowd. We must look to the future and beyond. The sun rises in the east, but the sun is not your ally. The light burns, rays of destruction, crumbling the houses of the old, burning the fields, consuming the masses. The murmuring continues. A few people kind of nod along. There is beauty in the darkness. Can I see? Is she wearing like a, a holy symbol of set? As you approach closer, the woman, the girl to be perfectly honest you don't think she's more than 14 15 but she's waifishly thin which it makes it difficult to determine her exact age wears simple robes of red 
with a black sash. You don't see any immediate prevalent holy symbols or markers or anything. She has a hood but wears it down and exposes this thick mane of black hair, which falls down nearly to her knees. Is it, is, uh, this is going to be kind of a weird question because obviously Sudi didn't see it, but I'm, I'm going to just go out on a limb here and guess that this is the uh, girl who Hakatep and his brother were kind of paired with in the last vision. You do know in the last vision that when it had been Hakatep's uncle to Jared's brother arrived and took the two boys that he was accompanied by a young girl, uh, his wife, I believe you believed that the young girl was his daughter. Yeah. Uh, as well as an elven girl. Okay. So it's probably that girl. Didn't we find out in the library that they had a daughter, but her name wasn't anywhere her name or something? Stricken from yeah, the her name is stricken from the records. She looks over the crowd. There is safety in the darkness. Horus cannot stand against the sun. He will falter. Only the Lord of the Desert, the Lord of Darkness, has the strength to stand against the burning light. The figure looks over the crowds. You can see that a number of guards have arrived at this point. A few of them begin to step their way up towards the platform. One of them shouts out something about blasphemy, ordering her to step down. But before they can reach the platform, a half dozen, they just look like farmer or work hands, begin to step forward, shoving the guardsmen, these trained soldiers, back. They reach down, pulling their weapons and ordering them away, but as they do so, the crowd turns. And looking about, these four men see themselves outnumbered by at least 25 to 1 by the crowd seemingly swayed by her words. Mm. They hesitatedly walk back. A few men begin to follow before the woman raises her hand. Let them be. Eventually they will see. And when the fire touches their lands, their descendants will curse their names for standing against the true lord of Osirian. She turns her gaze out into the crowd. And for a moment, Sudi, you feel like she looks directly at you. She steps forward and drops off the platform. As she makes her way forward, you realize that this girl is maybe, if she's barely five foot, perhaps. The crowd parts around her. Disturbingly to you, a few people just reach out hands. Not to stop her, but just for a moment to touch her. The trailing hem of her clothing, her hair as she passes. The heck? As she makes her way forward, you can see these other people seem to eagerly whisper, speak amongst themselves, like those touched by the divine. She approaches the two young men. Young men in disguise, you believe, but if so, it doesn't seem to stop her approach. She looks at the older of the two, who looks down and gives her, you could only call it a self-assured or confident smile. She pushes past the man to the younger boy. She leans in extraordinarily close, almost to the point of an embrace, placing a hand on his chest as he lowers his head down to be next to hers. Hollis, Citra and Falto burst into the clearing. Uh-oh. Uh, at a run at this point. I imagine Citra kind of skidding up to a halt as she gets almost barrels into Sudi as she approaches. What? What? Uh, yeah, so Narmer saw him put on the mask. Sudi's gaze goes up towards the heavens, and Sudi repeats as he hears the words whispered to this boy. I have seen the darkness 
and it is beautiful. All must prepare for its arrival. You must prepare for its arrival. She reaches a hand up, trails it along the side of his face. The sun will rise and burn us all. Only you may stride the skies and stop it. The boy lowers his head. How? I am not hoarse. She looks up into his eyes. Before the next full moon, you will be. A combination of emotions cross the boy's face. He's young, he's handsome, although not nearly as much so as his older brother. He's fit, but not nearly as strong as the older boy. You get the impression that no one else with the crowd here could hear her, but you heard her as if she was whispering in your ear. He looks back down towards her. Who are you? Neferuset. I... She holds a hand up to his lips. I know who you are. My Sky Pharaoh. You feel this jolt as you kind of stumble out of this vision, out of this expanse. Probably staring down in confusion as Citra kind of grabs onto your arm to steady you. As you feel this jolting sensation of going from this crowded street in the middle of the day to this darkened camp at night. Uh, what's happened? Take the mask off your face. Sudi like rips the mask off his face. Why am I out here? You walked. Why? I don't know. Did you start to stop me? Yeah, because I'm very strong and I can definitely stop you. Sudi like dives back into the... Uh, <laughs> wagon and like shoves the mask back in his p- pack. I Hi, Sudi. Falter waves. Falto, what? what are you doing here? Citra and I were having a romantic moment and then it was interrupted. <laughs> okay. Because we were spot on by that little it's clockwork thing. exactly. Whenever we were at dinner, we were talking with Masika and she was... I didn't believe that Narmer could be stealthy because he's a bit of a... Loudmouth. Loud mouth and everything. And apparently it's something that he does with Masika where he'll go off and steal things off of people. So here's your holy water back. That does not make me feel better about this. Is that Hollis's holy water? I don't know. It's your holy water. My holy water. Yeah. The whole joke was that Narmer would not be seen by Sudi. Why? Wow. Okay, I'm also at a disadvantage. He's taking advantage of somebody with a disability. I only got one eye. Why he did specifically say he came on your blind side. Why would you send him after Sudi? You know what we have here. I didn't think he'd actually pull it off. And well, because I thought you guys were off shopping. Well, did he blab? Does Masika know? Not yet. Well, where is the thing? Off flying somewhere? He's apparently he surprisingly probably, stealthy. Apparently uh. he's over by the goats. What? Uh. He likes to scare the goats whenever Masika and her husband are otherwise engaged. Well, I guess we better go get him. What are we going to do to him? I don't know. Try to convince him not to speak about it. All he knows is that you put the mask on. That's it. And probably does it conform to my face. He didn't see that part. He was already gone. Oh. You seem to have already been wearing the mask when he came or when he showed up. How did he open the tent flap and nobody saw that? He said that he lifted up the side of it. So he like glances over at the side and like puts a finger underneath and like lifts. Well, yeah, I mean it's yeah, it's a covered it's, it's a covered yeah. wagon, so you can lift up the side. Yeah, because it's only it's only like anchored in a couple of points along the yeah. side, so it's easy for somebody small like him to just lift it and go. Uh, well, that's unfortunate. So you're talking to yourself again? Uh, it's not me. It's the no, the, yeah, the like on yours did. Yes, exactly like on yours did. The penalty was worse. I was walking around. Aniurus used to move a little bit too, but he... That's more than he ever did. I know. 
That's what concerns me because I wasn't. I mean, I was moving. Because oh, we'll get into it, but first we have to figure out what to do about Narmer. All he said he saw was that you had a golden mask on your face, which unfortunately makes you look a little bit like one of the cultists. Uh, yeah, yeah, it does. Which is who she hates. For, exactly. for a very good reason. Apparently her father was killed by them. Well, I mean, I had assumed that because that seemed I, to make the most sense. I had assumed as well. Well, uh, I don't know how to convince them otherwise. That's the problem, is now that he's seen that, the first impression is going to be Sudi's part of the cult. Although, why would Sudi be a part of the cult when Hollis was sitting right next to him? Uh, well, let's go. I mean, I'm honestly do. not all that concerned about whether or not Masika lacks us. I'm more concerned about somebody knowing what they have out here. Because last time somebody knew, somebody died. Yeah, the more people who know about it, the more people who are in danger. Well, I don't think he has any idea it's magical or anything like that. Well... I think Phrasma for small miracles. So you have two choices then. You could either confront him and ask him not to share. I doubt that'll work. I don't think that's. I don't think he could if he wanted to. It's also not. That's kind of a liability. I'm a little concerned about that. He doesn't seem the kind of creature to be able to really keep secrets. Uh, Which, given what we are about to undertake and have been undertaken, is a little bit of a liability in a party. Uh, I mean, do we instead want to get out in front of this and talk to Masika directly? Yeah, well, I guess actually that would make a third option. I was going to say the second option is to just uh, not address it. Hmm. I don't I mean, think that's the wisest option, though. If you address it, you make it a big deal. Well, I mean, it is a big deal. Is it, though? Not if you don't know. It's going to lead to weird questions, right? Why does Sudi have a mask? Because like, it gives you visions. Why is he wearing it at night? Because it that's gives you visions, visions at random. Why do I have it? Because you took it off of a crazy cultist when you killed him, and it's a magical mess that they possess. You seem to be under the impression, Falto, I can lie. I can't. Not oh, really. Yeah. I'm very Which bad I at it. Which I think is probably why he's suggesting that we just don't bring it up. Uh, the best lie is the one that's closest to the truth. We, y'all did take it off a cultist. Uh, I mean, technically true. What is the important thing to hide? Its abilities. Well, is it the abilities or is it the whole Hakatep thing? Maybe don't say the name out loud right now. Yeah. Oh, sorry. I cast a Cloak of Secret spell. Oh, okay. I was doing my best. <laughs> you can say it two more times before he appears. <laughs> <laughs> oh, sorry. That's a different god. Is that like a once per... Is that a, like per day thing? Because we've said that name a million times. The oh. most important thing is the fact that it puts a target on our back and that that's the reason why the cult is after us. Right. And if Masika knows about it, Masika becomes a target also. Well, I think they're already kind of targets being out here because they're getting taken as slaves. Well, this is going to sound kind of insensitive. That seems to be because they need a labor force. Yes. This would be because they're going to potentially torture someone for information. So the less she knows, the better? It'd be best for most people if they don't know anything about it. I, I think mean, until we can definitively prove that we can trust her, which so far I think has been I mean, we've known her good. one day. I know, that's what I'm saying is... Unless it comes up in conversation, I say we leave it, leave it be for right now, and we'll cross that bridge when we come to it. Technically three days. We traveled for two days to get here. Don't you remember? We met her because she was ambushing us. <laughs> well, she was in the desert by herself. I can't really blame her for that. True, but, I mean, last time we just trusted somebody. Somebody got killed. Which is why I'm not <laughs> eager to bring this up. Okay. I mean, we can do that, but I think it'll be a lot worse if 
Narmer says something fishy about this. Well, Narmer's going <laughs> to say... Because s- he's a fish. Narmer's going to say something no matter what, but what she interprets it as is kind mm. of up in the air. Well, then we know that Ka'at lacks us because we spent our whole evening with her. I mean, that's true. And, well, we have... Just a younger <laughs> one, right? Uh-huh. Yes. Hmm. Yes, we... Hmm. So if we are confronted about it, what do we want to say? Well, We're using it as a way to find the cult and stop them. Which is all true. Okay. True enough, anyway. Well, I think additionally, maybe we have a conversation about sneaking into people's places and stealing their stuff and, like, listening in on what they're doing and whatnot. Well, I don't think he was actually doing any listening in. I think it was literally he was stealing the holy water and then coming back. I don't like partying with thieves. Well, we did put him up to it. Yeah. At least he didn't steal anything of superb importance. In my defense, I was drinking. That's never an excuse. Oh. Why Things really a... are different down here. Could have stolen it from anybody else. Yeah, the one person who shouldn't be getting pickpocketed is me. What if you had taken the mask? What? No, we told him what to take. Oh, that was he... part of the challenge. Oh, the, uh, that explains why my character sheet was ruffled <laughs> when I came in here. I <laughs> literally came in and my character sheet had been ruffled around and so like my like items were on top and I was like... What is this? Yeah, we were, we were telling him what to steal as a challenge. <laughs> okay. So Not only is Sudi's privacy invaded, but so is Jordan's. <laughs> I know. All my secret things I've been stashing away in my inventory. It's nothing. Yeah. Like your fancy in case or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> what? Rachel cannot read your handwriting. It looked like fancy increase. And so I was like, what is this? Oh, fancy incense is what that is. Oh, yeah, fancy incense. Yeah, when me, the former teacher, has trouble reading your handwriting, that's just sad. Jordan's handwriting is real bad. To be fair, guys, to put it in in perspective, I have not had to handwrite much more than, like, this character sheet stuff for a long time. (laughs) All of our audience listening, feel free to go to (laughs) find-path.com and look at Jordan's character sheet if you want an example of the fancy increase. (laughs) We have to level up first for that'll show up. Uh, That's fair. Hey, Uh, I actually need to scan character sheets, so. Yeah, well, well, you know. Yeah, my handwriting's awful, and everybody should probably know that because we post our character <laughs> sheets every level, and mine are illegible. <laughs> All right, well, if we're not doing anything about it, I'm going to go back to sleep because I'm very tired. And you look like you've been through hell. Well, I can catch you guys up on it. It Let's... was interesting. It was very cool, but I am beat. All right. You I kind of look back like you've been on tent. an all-night bender, so uh, mm-hmm. you should probably rest for a bit. I crawl back into the tent and go to sleep. Huh? He holds up a little hip flask. Here, the dog that bit you? Yes. I take the whole flask and I crawl into the tent. <laughs> or the wagon, I guess, and sleep. That's fine. That's some fine Andorin brandy. It's probably going to be empty when you get it back. I've got two more bottles. Okay. <laughs> okay. Well, we're not going to talk about it. We're not going to talk about it. Okay. So, Hollis and I went shopping. Very innocent. And there was this older lady couldn't really give it an idea of what, how old she was, but she was selling incense. So he, like, produces said incense. Oh, fancy. <laughs> Just in case. <laughs> fancy in case. Um, increase is what increase. I said. Fancy increase. That's why I was confused. I was like, what is this? Yeah. It's, it's a magic item that increases his fanciness. <laughs> you you act- me dapper. You activate it and suddenly you get a cravat. <laughs> 
<laughs> become also, a friend. Anyway. Also, can I just say, you getting out of me about trusting when you were dropping so many things the other day. Not cool. I didn't send someone to steal something out of your pocket. No, I know. <laughs> At least he didn't steal the mask. Although that he wouldn't have actually gotten that far with it because it rematerializes, but whatever. It's true. Yeah. So this old lady, she recognized what that was. A catfolk? No, no, a living monolith. I know. I was joking with you. She said that she remembered the time when the living monoliths were around, which obviously she knew that they hadn't been around for, you know, since I was born. But she told me that there's still a another group of them that wander around. Not living monoliths, but the and the Omeron, the catfolk people that I was part of. Ah. They're not all dead. No, it doesn't appear that way. The warriors all are, but the civilians, they're still around. Probably a little strangely for Sudi, Salto kind of heaves a sigh, a little relief, and sort of steps away from the campfire, looking back off and towards the desert. Sorry, go on. I'm listening. So, anyway, she kind of gave me a, a hint that no one can survive in the desert without water, which, I mean, makes sense. So, Unless they all had rings of sustenance. I mean, possibly, but that's... That's not, unlikely, so yeah. continue. So, we decided to get lunch. So we thought about trying to maybe divine the way to find them. Hollis has a magic, but if it went awry, she wouldn't be able to cast any spells for weeks. And so Kat happened to walk in and told us she knew that we were being untruthful when we were giving out description about our mission and kind of what we're after. So she offered to help us if we would tell her what Masika is going into. She's very protective of Masika and basically says wants to make sure that Masika was aware of what she was getting into. So we told her that we're looking to find a weapon that's buried out in the desert. Lost to time, unwritten from history, um, that the cult is also looking for. She mentioned the fact that a lot of their people have been missing and probably have been enslaved for digging. So she offered us, she called it the ritual, but some type of magic to allow her to bring back the previous owner of this stone in my head. And you trusted her to do this? <sighs> it seemed too coincidental having had a conversation with some random stranger about it and then having this. It had that weird feeling of fate. So Hollis helped with this ritual and they conjured, brought back my grandfather's spirit. Mm. It kind of possessed Ka'at and we got to ask some questions of him. He <laughs> told us that the histories of my people are written in this temple that they guarded. The place might be the Black Fane based on the location that he described as far as major landmarks around it. Which is exactly what Volta is looking for. Right. Yes. And it correlates with other things that we've been told about the location. He also mentioned that they're probably at what he called a secret oasis. Probably somewhere that's not on a map that only they know of. That would make sense. So the Amaran are probably there, but I don't know for what reason. It's north of us, past the Pillars of the Sun. That's outside of the area that we're searching. Yet. But that's close to where I believe the Black Fane is. 
So they might be one and the same. And that also might be where my people are. Is it worth traveling there? Like, is it going to help us on our mission? I'm not sure. From the description of it, they're not warriors. They've most likely been decimated for some time. I mean, they might have rebuilt a martial arm, but not enough to go back to guarding the temples or anything like that. So I'm not sure. But we can find Teresura. Maybe she knows. Because she seems to know about the living monolith, so maybe she's worked with them in the past or recently. Well, and... Remember that one of the only places that Hakatap's name still exists is in the Parched Dunes. So maybe there's something in those temples that they weren't able to erase from history. Yeah, we obviously didn't bring up that name because the other thought we had was that the histories here are all oral. They wouldn't have been able to censor them because they wouldn't have known about them. So if there were stories of the location of the, a flying pyramid or anything... They might have it in their stories somewhere, but we weren't really willing to risk going and divulging that much information. Hmm. So what they know is that we're after the cult, the cult is looking for a weapon, and we're trying to stop them. So all in all, pretty good for us on being circumspect, I guess. Kat also mentioned that she's tried to conjure the spirit of Nima, uh, Masika's mistress? Elder? the elder that she's apprenticed to. Ah, okay. Um, mentor. Mentor. Do mistress mean different things down here? I mean, it means an older woman. Oh, okay. <laughs> I mean, Masika's married. She could have a mistress. <laughs> anyway. Sudi, like, that goes, like, over Sudi's head because he's, like, in the middle of a story. I don't know how catfish people work. So she's <laughs> been unable to conjure forth the spirit of Nima, which means Nima is still alive. That's a good sign. They believe the cult has her. Less of a good sign. The reason is apparently the elders have some connection to the desert. They go on this quest into the desert to make the gods appear. And apparently doing that gives them some power in the desert that grows with them as they age. Mm. So Nima being the el oldest of the elders has the most connection or power in the desert. She didn't really get into specifics. So maybe they're using her in order to find where Hakatep's tomb is. Definitely. So I mentioned the fact that we, you know, obviously want to destroy the cult. And oddly, she didn't necessarily say to save Nima if it comes down to it. Oh. That if she's being coerced or controlled and we are unable to free her of that, then the best thing to do would be to, well kill her for lack of a better term I say that be the very last possible plan my thought exactly but it makes sense though it, I mean better a clean death than having to live with turning against your own people exactly I agree with that but if we can save her we shall well I don't intend to have to kill anybody if I don't have to and so far you guys have avoided having to kill anyone except for Citra Sagira did too did Sagira yes I was going to say, who killed the cultists? Because we've definitely... Oh, no, the cultists, they all exploded. Technically, the cultists all killed themselves. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Technically. <laughs> we're, we're skirting the line of, did I, didn't I kill the cultists? So the Batman rules. Citrus very it's me or them, it's going to be them. Right. Mm-hmm. So, anyway, the, the ritual that we did, the one that summoned my grandfather, has 
apparently it's highly dangerous and even if it's successful it, it enacts a toll on the casters um, so Hollis was feeling very drained and tired and so we came back here you know Hollis passed out to sleep and um, then I heard the sound of a crowd that was too close to be you know the crowd back in the town so I heard it coming from my pack and I put on the mask and then had the vision a very disturbing vision it was set in some kind of city I've never been to before but it the description sounded like it looked like Sothis's description a big bug carapace in the sky oh the black dome thing yeah that yeah I saw it whenever I, I stopped over in Sothis for a couple of days on my way south so it, in Sothis there was this girl probably 14 or 15 years old who was telling a crowd that the sun was going to destroy them and the Horus couldn't save them and that they needed to go to the darkness. So basically saying the Pharaoh can't save them. That's, yes, exactly what was being said. And the people there were completely swayed by it. Um, I'm guessing that set priestess and she, I was following these two men who have to be Hakatep and his brother they looked like they'd been through military training but they no. weren't dressed like soldiers they were just dressed like commoners which also wouldn't fit with them being well they had to go with the priest of set and something about six years uh, so maybe might line up so the girl parted the seas it was like looking at the at the cult the people were reaching out trying to touch her just to have some interaction with her. It was the most disturbing thing I'd ever seen. Really? Totally in the most disturbing <laughs> thing you have ever seen out of all the things we have been through. Remember that sea of dead bodies that tried to kill us all? Eh, hyperbole. <laughs> I mean, they just seemed like desperate people, but this priestess walked up to them, kind of brushed off the older uh, man went to the younger one, whispered in his ear that he was going to be the next Horus within the span of a month. So that the previous Pharaoh's time was probably up. That's what she kind of implied that the Jared that was weakening. Well, I know that we we knew that from the petals that he ate that it was only temporary time he got back. Right, but the thing is, it should go to the eldest son, right? Well, no, there was that, that contest that the boys were supposed to partake in to see who would actually take the throne. I don't know if it ever actually mm. happened, but this... it wasn't a set decision that the oldest would take the throne. Uh, well, the young one, Hakatep, he didn't seem like he knew that he was going to be the pharaoh if the Jared had died. Up, in this point, up to this point, I will remind you that we thought the older brother was Hakatep, so the fact oh, that I she didn't. calls the younger one... Oh, oh I, I, I always thought, thought it was the younger, younger one. one. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I've always thought it was the younger one. Because that would be tricky. Yeah. yeah. Seems like something Rick would do. Unless it was the older one, and then he kills the younger oh one. Yeah, which is still a possibility. Like, I'm, yeah. I'm not... I'm, like, holding out, like... There are still a lot of layers to this onion left. Exactly. That's why I'm just like, I'm, I'm just, I'm like, I think this probably not going to be that. And I'm pretty sure every time I, I share these idea in the car and he just grins at me that he's probably like, oh, she's so wrong. I do have a a very annoying grin. (laughs) (laughs) But it sounds like the younger one is Hakatep. And this priestess seemed like 
like it seemed like it was prophecy because I mean obviously it's set in a time when prophecy actually worked so maybe she's had the vision or something she seemed very certain of it mm. but also familiar with him so it might be the girl that Anuris described that was maybe their cousin wait Little his girl. cousin isn't that how wait how does that work uncle yeah yeah cousin no so they went with Hakatep, well with Hakatep's uncle who was a priest of Set he saved the Jared the first and he had a girl with him if I remember right she was about what eight I think that's what Anuris said that she yes. looked about eight so the boys went with the uncle and we thought maybe the daughter so potentially they she does know him although he didn't seem to know her which like, is strange you would think that if you if they both went with their uncle that they would have spent time with her unless he sent them off to apparently go through some sort of training I'm I'm not sure because she seemed very familiar she did this whole like rubbing her hand on the side of his face like a very familiar gesture and then I well, I woke up here, standing in the middle of everybody. Well, thankfully Hollis was quick on her feet and cast some magic upon you. Uh, yes, that's, I knew to wake her up at least, so somebody would be able to keep an eye on me. But it's... If I actually got up, navigated myself out of the wagon... Well, you only took a few steps, apparently. Yeah, but... What is that doing? Like, why am I moving in the real world while I'm having a vision? I don't know. I, well, I mean, Onuris walked around the room when he was saying things before. Yeah, I don't like it. Well, at like least at we have pretty good assurances from Dahatia that possession is out of the question unless it's voluntary. It's never going to be voluntary I mean, with I me. I don't know. I still wasn't sure about her explanation, but I think it was this <sighs> particular part could do it. So anyway, that's what I saw, and I think we're up to now. Yes. We had a pleasant date night. Yeah, we got to talk to Masika a little bit. The whole armor thing was just supposed to be a joke. I didn't think it'd take him more than five minutes and then you would see him. Because you, usually you notice things better than I do. Yeah, I was so a little distracted. I mean, just bad timing. Yeah. So, I mean, what's your sense of Masika then? Now that you've seen her in a more casual environment. Honestly, she seems very determined to destroy the cult. Driven. Well, that's what we need somebody like that in the group so I mean I can sympathize I know what it's like to lose a father figure even though I didn't truly know mine but I could understand being motivated to to see justice done I think the odds of her being sympathetic to the cult are very slim if what she's telling us is true I also trust Citra to be able to judge that better than me I got a pretty good read off of her I think she legitimately wants the cult to stop hurting her people and specifically I think she really does want to get revenge on the cult for her father's death Mm. so revenge is a tricky tool though it can blind you at times make you do something stupid from everyone else's reactions I get the impression that sometimes she's made some rash decisions Mm. I don't know if that's necessarily a bad thing Mm. okay she's she's what 20 I, I don't know. She doesn't look much older than me. Yeah. So, I mean, what harm could come from a 16-year-old, a two 20-year-olds, and a 22-year-old? And uh, I'm 17. Are you 17? Yeah. He's been 17 for a while. I've been 17 this entire time. 
It's oh. kind of an ongoing joke now. Yeah, <laughs> nobody ever knows how old Sudi is. Mm. He acts anyway. much older for his age. Yeah. I don't but, know uh, that. <laughs> yeah, that the a lot of us uh, late teens and early twenty year olds can march off into the desert and save the world without any issues. I mean, Hollis is old. <laughs> I've been doing well. I think we've been doing very well so far. Yeah, I guess my the reason I asked that question is if she does bring up the whole mask thing. I think can she we trust her. She's going to probably find out eventually if I have another vision while we're out in the desert. Well, hopefully that doesn't happen, but uh, she already knows that we're not telling her the full truth, just like Ka'at knew. I mean, maybe we need to just tell her, hey, this is kind of a probationary getting to know you phase, and we'll let you in once well, we... we did sort of tell her that what we tell her is on a need-to-know basis, so hopefully that will tide her over for the time being, and then... If it becomes pertinent, we can let her know about the mask and why we have it and what's going on with it. I mean, I don't think that she'd be against it. I think she'd be definitely for us destroying it. Yeah, so, I mean, I don't... That's the impression I get from her. Uh, I guess I'm more concerned about getting out into the desert than having the person who knows the desert best mm, angry or resentful because we hid information from her. That worries me a bit it's too, but not I'm not going how to I be. Do things. I'm not worried about that until we're actually off on our own. While we're with the caravan, it's less of an issue. Well, on that vein, Ka did ask we not mention that we may have to kill Nima. Apparently, they're very close, and Masika probably won't like that. Well, nobody would like that. So, anyway, I mean, another secret to keep. I mean, if she's compelled. Like, I was compelled, assuming it was maybe Kabek again. Hollis was strong enough to break that on me. That's best case scenario, yes. I mean, I thought he was a swell guy. Didn't we all? I think we were all fooled by him at some point. Oh, no, no, he, he whammied me. Well, I'm, I'm aware. Yeah. <laughs> it's your new Pathfinder term of the day, whammy. Whammied. <laughs> <laughs> to mentally dominate, whammy. <laughs> I think secrets will all be revealed in time, but I think we need to take this slow because we have been burned before. And mm -hmm. while I find it less likely that we just happen upon a cult member in the miserable of the desert, we do know that they are here in the desert. However, her association with this tribe that's been affected by the cults leads me less likely to think she's part of the cult and against it. So the least we have more proof to show that she is not part of the cult and against us than Kabak ever did. You raise a good point, though. There's got to be somebody here who's watching because how are they knowing who to pick off to enslave? Well, I, I don't think they're picking off anybody. I think it's just whoever's going out to get supplies or hunt or find water. I think it's just opportunity, like whatever opportunity arises. Yeah, but they took Nima. Well, that might be a different situation. They probably knew the stories of the tribes. Maybe they lured her out somehow, or I don't know. But I do think we should be careful. There is a chance that maybe somebody in the tribe is working for the cult. Yeah, I mean, it's we possible. pretty much have to assume that about anybody we meet from now on until the cult is destroyed. Yes. So let's keep everything close to the vest until it's pertinent to reveal. Mm, I agree. Now, if I remember my classes on construct training, they wouldn't be subject to any form of mental domination. 
Uh, I don't know. Which means that even if Kabek or someone else attempted to make Masika any sort of sleeper agent, it wouldn't have any effect on the little clockwork guy. That is hopefully true. I don't know enough uh, about constructs to know otherwise. We can ask when she's rested up, but... I mean, if that's true, then actually that's a really good case for why Masika might be definitely trustworthy. Yeah, from what I know of magic, which is definitely not as much as Hollis's, but I don't think any sort of compulsion should work on a constructed being like Narmer. There's a cluck-cluck from the side, (laughs) and the chicken nods her head sagely. Ah, see? Sugar agrees with me. Buck-buck. Citra has no idea that Sugar's actually less trained than her. (laughs) (laughs) No, I have no idea. I assume that the chicken knows more than I do. This chicken must possess all of Hollage's knowledge. (laughs) Well, if previous experience is anything to go on, Sugar's smarter than all of us, so... Okay, so at least... At least we know... (laughs) Construct can't be compelled. So that is in favor of not part of... Not subject to control by the cult. She's an apprentice to Nima which probably is less likely that she would have been part of her kidnapping her father was killed by the cult which we have verified now by more than one source so I'm leaning toward (laughs) trustworthy (laughs) I'm leaning towards this woman probably hates a cult yes (laughs) because we have more information outside of their own word that's that makes me much more at ease. Uh, it also makes me want to just go ahead and tell her. Just perhaps a suggestion? What's that? I could understand keeping it under wraps, especially if you're not entirely positive how uh, secretive that Narmer can be, even more so than Masika. Yeah, I'm more worried about that. While you're traveling here, but before you set off and leave the caravan, if you have to for some reason, you should let her know. I think that is probably the best course of action. I mean, at least... Because at that end, she's going to be all in. Yeah. I mean, probably by the time we leave here and we're in the caravan, she can know because she can't really go back. No. We'll uh, never go back. Sorry. Charlie, (laughs) never go back. Don't bring up sad things like that. (laughs) Shame on both of you. The the shaddest. The the saddest MGM produced, like, Cartoon Get a little armor there. It's just shaddish thing uh, I've ever seen. <laughs> and all dogs go to heaven is like the, the most tearjerker like movie you can ever oh watch. God, it's yeah. awful. I don't. Awesome. I have such wonderful memories of that movie, but I think if I ever watched it again, I would just break down into a little crybaby and die. That <laughs> movie made me sob like a kid because we always had cats, and the cats are the bad guys, mm. and I'll go to hell. Oh, see, I don't even remember that. So, <laughs> yeah, I mean, uh, I, I don't well, know. Well, I mean, cats are already one foot in there anyway. Cats go where they want. Yeah, but <laughs> when you're a little kid and yeah. a movie's telling you that your pet is bad, yeah. I, I don't have that. fond memories of that movie also, at all. cats are the villains in a lot of things, like uh, An American Tale. Whatever. Also the bad guys. Also the good hey, guy, hey. though. Yeah, I was going to say, also, Fifel Goes West, which is the better one. Yeah, it's true. Good guy cat. Yeah. Additionally, I worked with the guy, one of the guys that did illustrations on All Dogs Go to Heaven. Oh, really? Not a nice man. Aww. Yep. Sad. Also the... Uh, that makes me sad now. What is, the, what is it? The Rockadoodle... Oh, oh man! Uh, yeah. The kid gets turned into a kitten, and he's the hero. That's true. What, okay, true. What is, is that called Rockadoodle? Yeah, Rockadoodle. Yeah. All right, we gotta focus, y'all. I want to wake up. I would like to be in this episode. <laughs> <laughs> Poor Heather's been like literally patiently sitting here as we just talk about her in the Being third person, like she's not in the room. Sport. 
But I'm ready for the morning time because I have yeah. funny yeah, things. Yeah, let's, let's jump ahead. I was actually about to say, well, let's get some rest and we'll fill Hollison in the morning of everything we've talked about. So nothing else happened except you guys went on, the, on this date and Narmer stole something. Uh, well, we talked about Masika, got to meet her mother. Her husband cooked for us. He cooks? Uh, apparently, he's a very good cook and she's a terrible one. Oh, uh, and uh, Citra and I are courting. I don't know exactly what, what that means, but apparently in his country, it means the word together. Yeah. She gave me a favor. He like points down to his rapier where he has like a little ribbon tied to it. Okay. I, I don't know. I, I think it's to show that because it's part of my scarf and, and so yeah, when like, I, when I shows- stab things, I'm stabbing things in her honor. Why am I not awake? <laughs> <laughs> Stop talking and go to sleep, all of you. Okay. So yeah, we're putting labels on things. Yes. Anyway, uh, I guess... Congratulations, I guess? I guess we're heading back to our tent? Yes. Okay. Go to sleep. Sudi climbs in the Get back of this wagon. Get your mandatory two hours. Later, Sudi. Yep. Sudi goes, <laughs> climbs in the back of this wagon to wait a little while longer to make sure nobody comes up. Like, Narmer doesn't sneak back in. <laughs> Can't trust that construct. It was really funny at the time. I'm going to have to listen to this episode <laughs> when it comes out and find out how hilarious it was. <laughs> Not <laughs> you cli- funny. You climb in there and Narmer's just saying, hey, buddy. <laughs> No idea the stress we just went When you had him roll, I literally thought I was going to get out of the vision. He was going to be like, wow, that was really weird. (laughs) (laughs) No, he'd already flown off because he came to see us and be like, yeah, so Sudi put on this like mask and then like stepped outside of the wagon. And we were like, oh, shit. It was really easy to get this off of him because he was distracted. He had his mask on his face. That's, uh, all, all we need to tell him is that's Sudi's beauty mask. He was just sent to get a dang holy water. Like, it's still so the holy water. Meanwhile, we it's, had a rough night. It's a game. A rough night. That Narmer and Masika play. Not a fun yeah, game. I, yeah, I, we didn't I'm one of Heather's familiars, so I have to have, carry around alchemical things to bombard people with. I, I, <laughs> that is not true. Narmer it's does not have any alchemical thing. Yeah, it's not. He I, just I, more I of a acid. tail flip, really. I, he just I tosses also, it back and goes, Poof. I also appreciate we've now violated a rule we've held for like seven years of don't steal from other players in the party. It, but it wasn't really, because we were going to give it back. Oh, well, yeah, I know. game. But, yeah, I know, but it's like, oh, finally, we've broken that streak. It was just to prove how useful my stealth skill is. Yeah, because I didn't believe he had a good stealth skill, so she's like, oh, let's play a game. I'm the stealthiest <laughs> in a party. Now I'm going to go scare some fainting goats. Yep, yep. I don't remember, where did you come from? Away. <laughs> um, when, I suppose all of you make your way. Uh, Sudi, you climb into the wagon. I imagine probably sit up for a while longer yep. until Hollis recovers enough that she can stay up and kind of. Well, I mean, you don't really need to keep watch here because you've got the the magnificent dog soldiers on patrol who never sleep. Um, and I'm sleep. sure the Beckon have their own like watch and guard up too. Well, I assume yep. like the caravans like over here you know, to the side and everything, and then the tribe is, like, set up their own, like, permanent, like, semi-permanent yeah. village. Let's go ahead and, uh, everyone wakes up in the morning. Uh, Hollis, go ahead and make me your fortitude save. <laughs> wow. You roll a nat one. I know. Nat one for seven. <laughs> I shouldn't laugh at that. That's awful. Please don't be permanent. I think she's gonna be really grumpy. How much is a restoration? Somebody go look that up. <laughs> it's just... Ho- Narmer will have to bathe Masika in her radiation to give her one. <laughs> okay. <laughs> the the, the fact that you're irradiating yourself to get your magic spells <laughs> probably means you're not getting magic for how very did, long. How did you think the whiskers grew? The radiation. <laughs> <laughs> 
I did not no, think that was she from was that. born with those. That's where all the magic is. The magic whiskers. <laughs> yeah. Every time she casts a spell, her whiskers jiggle. Ooh, yes. They vibrate like. Because catfish. They're called magical. barbels. Barbels. Is that what those are called? That's yes. magical sounding. That does sound magical. My magic comes from my barbels. The ones under her chin are whiskers, but the ones that are like catfish, those are technically called barbels. Okay. Her barbels are magical. <laughs> yep. They do a little. Uh, Avatar, what was it, the fire dance or whatever it is, they do a little <laughs> dance around each other and then they reach over and they touch fingers and then they share their power. Isn't that uh, a fusion thing from Dragon Ball Z also? I like Avatar Avatar's more. Avatar's better. Yeah. <laughs> oh no, I'm just saying. It's, it's, a, it's a reoccurring theme in anime. Yeah. Yeah, so you still have your temporary negative one. Oh. But it does not become permanent. Hollis wakes up in a bad mood. <laughs> I figure uh, Falso just comes up and hands you another flask. <laughs> a little day drinking will knock that right out. No, I gotta read. <laughs> Falto just kind of walks up, sees how bad you look, and walks over, grabs a, an egg that, you know, oh, no, just late no, in the middle of the night, no. just cracks it open, drops that into a jar, pours some oh, alcohol in there. fresh eggs open. is from sugar, but geez. Falso's like, that's gross, but she drinks it. Is she, am I at least not exhausted? No, you're no longer exhausted. Okay, so you're I'm just, just in a bad mood. You're just negative one level. And I just kind of like scrounge up these like 6,000 feet of scrolls and I'm reading now. 60 feet of scrolls, we counted. 60 feet of scrolls. And I start reading because that's what I'm doing now. I thought okay. you did that on the drive here. Oh no, these are new scrolls. These are, oh. This is for the ritual that we learned how to do oh, slash geez. did to summon my grandfather. Because I need to do it again. Okay. Um, did, did you get homework? Kind of. That ritual is all written down here, and if I can study it for long enough, I can probably figure out how to do it myself. Because, uh, Kot could only do it once, and so we did it to see the Sooty thing, because, I don't know, I just like that Sooty kid. Except for when he does dumb stuff, like leave the wagon in the middle of the night. <laughs> but, <laughs> I gotta spend, fault. I don't know, there's like 60 feet of scrolls, that's probably gonna take like a week. If I can learn it the first go, it may take longer than that. And then I'm going to have to rope all y'all into doing this ritual because I need to talk to Merit Hetef. Your, your friend that was Lord the Cult. Well, we had the option of speaking to somebody from the cult who had perhaps not been as zealous as the others. And Sudi told me that when Merit Hetef passed, when she exploded, I guess, she looked uh, unhappy, surprised. Well, maybe not surprised. I don't know. Like she wasn't into it, which leads me to believe that there's a couple of reasons she might have been there with the cult. Sarathet, if Sarathet is the one who is the Sky Pharaoh right now, could have been that she went with Sarathet because we were all real close and Sarathet was always kind of the leader. Hmm. Or, I mean, Sarathet could have pressured her into coming. But either way, I imagine she's there only because Sarathet's there and she probably wasn't very happy. But it would explain why she was in charge of finding the mask. Because hmm. she would have been the most trusted by the body that was inhabited, I guess. So this ritual basically let us talk to your friend and get some more answers for you. Yeah, that's the goal. Unless we all die from it or something. I don't know. But I got to study. They'll let you talk to anyone. I mean, as long as they're dead, I think. I don't know. I'm not all the way through the 60, 60 feet of scrolls. Huh. Interesting. But up Fal to like eight Falto's people like, do. I could use one of these seances. So... <laughs> That's what I'm doing. Is there any way I can help? Yeah, you know things about magic. You might, you want to read some, what are these scrolls written in? Are they just in magic? Uh, all of them written in ancient Osiriani. I didn't expect that language. Ancient Osiriani magic. I mean, you could join the study party and we could both see. Sometimes working together makes things a little easier to learn. I'll do what I can. Well, you got about one hour until we're hitching up the horses. 
And by that, I mean camels. Well, you can hang out in here with me. I don't ever ride a camel. I just sit in the back of the wagon. I guess I'll go find Masika. Oh, y'all should probably tell her because I was in a real bad mood on account of finding out that my friend didn't want to be a cultist but was and then died. But we should probably just tell her. Right? Mm. We were thinking maybe we wait until we're actually like going off on our own. Nah. Or at least mm-hmm. until we're not here where she could just go blab to everybody in the town. Well, you should not tell that little fish thing. Well, that's what our worry is that if we tell her, she might tell the fish thing. So that's why we were going to wait until we were going to go off and then tell her then. And the fish thing might not be able to keep a secret. Well, tell her not to tell the fish thing. I don't think that's how their relationship really works. I mean, is there anything you don't tell Sugar? No, but Sugar doesn't blab to people. Because she sugar can't. can't, but that, that's what I mean, though, is Narmer can. I think also, most people are too stupid to understand. Sugar is personally offended that you compared her to that blabbermouth. No, she's smarter than the blabbermouth. I did say she was the smartest person in the party. Well, she's night. not. I am. But that's different. Um, <laughs> At it? times, that's debatable. Well, <laughs> I mean, I, okay, I don't care about nobles. Sorry. Uh, what? Anyway, I'm going to go find Masika Kay. and make sure she's ready to go. So are we both going to go talk to her or are you going to go talk to her on your own? Ooh. Take Balto. I probably need backup because why don't we go split the party? What? But I also need to put together an entire caravan. Yeah, it's like Balto's going to be busy. So, so uh, yeah. Also, hitch up camels. Got it, boss. Good deal. Do you want me to go with you? I can help her while we're riding. Yeah, definitely. Okay. Bring me coffee. If they have coffee. First the tea, now the coffee. Oh, coffee's so good. Do they have coffee here? No. (laughs) (laughs) You see that, like, the Star Clux is, like, out of business. I will point out the the actual, yeah, we sorry, we made a joke about Star Clux. It's the big white tent with the little mermaid woman on the side of it. Uh, It's an undine woman in this world. Yeah. They don't have mermaids. There's a picture of Masika on the side of this white tent. That's weird. Just hold up to little, little do we know, she's the apprentice to be the elder, also head barista at Starclux. <laughs> and it's she brought like coffee to the tribe. <laughs> and that's that, her legacy. That's how she became in line to be an elder. That also explains why she's always perky all the time. She's Every once in a while, she just opens up uh, Narmer's little pot belly and pulls out the big coffee <laughs> jug from inside. He just goes <laughs> diving into the water and gets some water and just starts boiling what? it with his little like radiation bowl. Hey gosh, I'm percolating. <laughs> You want extra foam? <laughs> I forgive you. Get over here. <laughs> Narmer's not a blabbermouth. He's just talkative. He knows how to keep a secret. Well, well, we, we don't, don't know, know that. that. I have the highest bluff in the party. It seems like he like revealed your entire life story when we met Mashika, you. So. how high is my bluff? <laughs> a 12. Actually, wow, that's I have the really highest good. bluff in the party. <laughs> Mine's only a 5. Mine's if anyone's going to lie, it's going to be me. Uh, okay. Show of hand. Well, no, no show of hands. Show of uh, eyes. Who wants Narmer to be the face of the party just because he can bluff? <laughs> no. Hey, Cash. There's a part of me that's like, he can lie better than any of us. He yeah. should do all of our talking from so now if on. I... You can cast sheeming on me, at which point I can look like a two foot tall halfling. <laughs> I... Even by halfling standards, that's like. I mean, I'm pretty if short. I put ranks in it, I could get it up to a 13. I have two ranks in bluff, it gives me a three. I have one rank of bluff and I got a five. I, I have no ranks in bluff because I should be better at lying. Sudi's not a liar. I have more points in diplomacy. In the future, when it's we're good. traveling, I'm going to help Shisha learn to lie. 
Oh, <laughs> gracious. Anyway, no finding Masika, jokes aside. Fine, if there's no coffee. I mean, if it's already tea. dawn, the other caravan's gone. So, tea, like, the people are gone. <laughs> Well, yeah. So, yeah. before all of this even yeah. happens, you know, Masika, you're you're laying in bed. You have slept in a little bit as your husband's already gotten up, dressed, starting to collect the things. Again, you travel light, so he's already starting to kind of collect this stuff, pass in and out. You're uh, he lets you sleep in a little bit until there's that uh thing like where you have a really chunky cat <laughs> and he just jumps on your stomach in the middle of the night. Except for in this case, it's a giant robotic catfish. Gracious. Five more minutes in armor. Nope. It's your 6 a.m. wake-up call. Five more minutes. I scared all the goats. Why did you scare all the goats? Eh, I get bored. <sighs> We've talked about this. Well, yeah, but you just fall over every eight hours or every, like, 16 hours or so. And uh, I'm an eternal, immortal, non-sleeping construct. <sighs> Sudi and Narmer are going to be best friends I'm while watching they talk while everybody sleeps. How high is my perception skill? A six. Oh, we should probably push a range to Nash so no one could ever sneak up on us. <laughs> anyway. All oh, right. So being up with a 17. I've come to irradiate you. <laughs> <laughs> he opens up the little arc reactor on his chest and starts blasting light at you. Like when you hit, when you're trying to hit the snooze alarm on your clock, <laughs> but you hit the light up button instead. I, I like instead of a cock-a-doodle-doo wake up that like sugar might do, you get like the blast of light right in your eyeballs. <laughs> Fine. I succeeded. <laughs> I have to, uh, like a like a witch or any, I have to play with an armor for yep. an hour. I stole a vial from Shooty. Oh, did you? Gave did, you gave it back, right? Yep. Okay. I gave it uh, I gave it back to Shitra. You need to give it back to Sudi. That's the game. Oh. Well, I had to prove to Shitra, and then they went running off real fast. Why? I think I interrupted a moment. Oh, Narmer. Yeah. He was talking about his dad who's dead. And then I felt kind of bad about it, but I also had to drop that off because, you know, I am a creature of clockwork perfection. Sure. So I had to fulfill my duty. And so I dropped it off, but they were having a whole thing. They were exchanging charms and stuff. I think they're getting serious. <laughs> I, think, I think they're inspired. <laughs> well, that's by, by you and Joshua's love for each other. Off to the side, you hear a... She throws a pillow at him. It's a love tale for the ages. It is. Yep. I'm so inspired. I, I think also, I think Shooty and Haas, he might have a thing. Why do you think Shooty and Hollis have a thing? They're sitting in a wagon whispering to each other. People <laughs> whisper to each other? They're very intently looking at each other. <laughs> it's kind of weird. Narmer, you didn't see things that you weren't supposed to see, did you? Because that's really rude. No, no, no. But I think I shipped them. <laughs> <laughs> Why, Narmer? I'm, I'm Team Solish now. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> no! Team Sudi and Idris forever! Hey, Idris is gonna die. Because you're Team gonna live Cidrice. forever. Team Sidris. Sidris. All right, Narmer. Uh, you might want to. I don't. I don't know how they'll feel about that. So maybe. Oh no. I'm gonna keep an eye on it. Okay. Maybe I can do. I mean, I play some sweet music. I can only. I can only play like the drums. I can slap my flippers, and make little cymbal sounds. <laughs> That's romantic. No. I think you should help me make this happen. I'll make you little symbols, okay? Okay. 
I just think with my eternal life, I could do more to spread love. <laughs> I think I found my calling. He's turning you into Cupid. <laughs> we need to get you dressed. Mother fixed your outfit. Don't ruin it again this time. Okay. Okay. You don't have mending or anything? I gotta irradiate you for another 52 minutes. <laughs> oh my gosh, if you actually had to talk for an hour every day? Could you imagine? Come Everybody on. else leave. We're just gonna have the Narmer and Masika prep episode. <laughs> Let's practice our juggling. Okay. I'm a very skilled juggler. <laughs> Please tell me you actually skill that must juggling. come up at least I have once. Five ranks and perform comedy. <laughs> that explains so much. After that, I really need to work on my Pratt Falls. Oh, <laughs> we can try that. Okay, we'll work on my Pratt Falls today. Okay. And then, and then I start the romance. <laughs> We're going into rom-com territory. <laughs> so Sudi's going to have to reveal to Normer that he indeed has a girl back home. Yep. He's going to have to, you know. Tell Narmer he's just not that it's into even be- It's even better now. Now it's a, a forbidden love. <laughs> <laughs> and Hollis just isn't into people. There's no better thing than the love between a cat and an elf. <laughs> Weird. Like, no. I say, I'm pretty no. sure Hollis is androgynous. She's definitely but ace. She's certainly uh, not ace, into this. Sorry. I will, uh, <laughs> ace is what I meant. Androgynous. What the frick? She's Hold probably androgynous. She's an elf, too. too but she's <laughs> I suppose but I I'll, uh, I'll play with Narmer for an hour, work on his pratfalls, and then uh, pack yep. up all my junk. Do you like do stand-up with Narmer? Was that I, like an, a thing you did? You'd go to the bar and do some stand-up with We Narmer? don't really have a bar, but yes, they have ranks and perform comedy. Yeah, that's hilarious. So you walk up and they're practicing their comedy routines. What um, is the deal with these cultists? <laughs> I don't know. Also, we're getting ready to leave. Are Armor, Sudi's yes. here. Hi, Sudi. Oh, I am supposed to give you back a holy water I don't have anymore. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Citra mentioned something about that. We'll have a conversation with that on the road. Stealing's not good, especially not to teammates. I... Yes, but I I told him to do it. So it wasn't really stealing because he was going to give it back. This is a lawful neutral Ferrazman cleric trained by... Not cleric, monk. Monk trained by inquisitors. Yes, I'm aware. Uh, Citra <laughs> is the uh, neutral good thief it's from on. <laughs> I would never do anything to hurt you intentionally. It's just a game we play, Sudi. He does it with everyone in the caravan. He just, you know, finds something small and proves he can take it and then gives it back to I you. I traded the entire caravan supply of salt and sugar and reversed it. Oh, no. There was a lot of really sad cookies that day. <laughs> <laughs> That's awful. That was one of his mean pranks, and we've discussed that since then. Oh, yeah. He went through a phase when Zosar and R started dating. It was bad. Jealousy? Yeah. Mm. I didn't like getting locked out of the tent. It's probably best you were locked out of the tent. I've seen things. No. <laughs> <laughs> things I can't unsee. That's why you got locked out. <laughs> he, he's basically like if your cat could talk. <laughs> hey, hey. I went to my food bowl and I took a bite out of it. Now I need more food. <laughs> hey. All right, well. Why is this door closed? I know you're in there. Me. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, I'm almost I'm almost ready to go. All right, um, I guess I'll wait outside. So he like steps outside, like glances over his shoulder at like Narmer, 
keeping an eye on you, creature. <laughs> I don't I'm gonna weird. He stole from me. He stole from you because I told him to steal from you. Wait. It, oh, it's perfect. At an unforeseen time in the future, I'll steal from her and give it to you, and then everyone will be even. No, that doesn't make it even. That's perfect. Two wrongs don't make a right. Thanks for the idea, Shudi. Oh, You're no. a good friend. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> I really hope you find love someday. Narmer away! And then he flies off. I... I'm I sure there's a, a story behind that that I don't know. <laughs> I, I don't know, but I have a girlfriend back home in Wati, so he's going to have to deal with that. Also, I'm very happy for you, Shetra. What is going on with that thing? I have no he's idea. He's happy that you found you and Falto are, like, a thing. So you understand oh. this courting thing that they're doing? No, I have no idea what that means, but Narmer says he interrupted a moment, and he's sorry. Oh. Well, the moment was kind of passing. We'd done the exchange that's weird know. well he I, he gave me this this pendant and then I gave him part of my scarf that he put on his sword I'm not really sure why didn't he always give you your wayfinder that's, thingy yeah the pendant isn't it on a pendant no it's just a necklace yeah yeah I mean it's a compass that pops open but yeah oh I get it so like that's his your favor that yeah, you wear and favorite. he wears that favor okay alright alright Jordan the player now understands what's going on yes it's basically like Falto gave her his letterman jacket <laughs> Oh my god. <laughs> Before joining the others, Masika would say goodbye to her husband. Yeah. To your very tall husband. Yes. Do you climb him? <laughs> <laughs> Let's not, not go there. <laughs> not that way. I meant like, do you like scale him to kiss him on the cheek? Yes, I'm Chastely. sure. Be safe. I am always safe. Don't look at me like that. You protest too much. <laughs> she grins. You like Citra? He likes you. She seems competent. See? It's high praise. I imagine coming from that. (laughs) I'll see you at the Merchant's Oasis. That's the plan. Hmm. Hmm. (laughs) Okay, Geralt. (laughs) (laughs) Ah. Hmm. (laughs) That was was not well done. (laughs) That was the point. (laughs) Oh, my God. So has has and then the, everyone leaves. I was gonna <laughs> yeah. say has like her caravan people left, and yeah, it's just yeah, like they're all. By the time that the Falto's caravan's getting ready, the the Beckon people have already packed up and are already well on their way. All right, so they're have, have we, we decided we're gonna just tell her? Pretty much. Hollis has already told you what Hollis has to say, and is now grumpily studying. But so, you better do it with Hollis around, or I'll be real mad because I've been very quiet. I thought that's what we were going to do. Okay. Cool. Right, but you're not there. You're studying. I thought y'all were going Hold to make up. sure she didn't hate Sudi. You all reconvene back at the wagon. Okay. Yes, Masika has two camels. Masika, I imagine, takes the shotgun position. Sudi takes driver. Citra Hollis, you hop back into the back. I mean, yes. I'm assuming that Masika is up in the driver's position because she kind of knows the region. Sudi's already the driver here. Yeah, I'm, I'm, we're not leading the caravan, are we, right? Like, no. We're just in it. Okay. I imagine, uh, Masika, you tie or tie the uh, the reins for your camel onto either the back so that the camels can just follow along behind the caravan. Yes. Narmer's in his little pharaoh outfit now because she dressed him properly. Why is he dressed like a pharaoh? So he's just like wearing a... He's wearing a headdress and he has a little pectoral, pectoral and his little skirt. <laughs> Except for instead of metal, they're all made out of cloth. Yes. Mm-hmm. He's in normal cloth clothing. But why? But why does... This is my wear- formal wear... But why does he wear clothing? Doesn't he not really 
have to because why do I don't you have wear clothing? Do you not really have to? You're covered in fur. Societal norms. I was raised by humans. <laughs> also, modesty. <laughs> I don't know actually. Why do people wear clothes? Societal norms. The outfit outfit is part of my comedy routine. Ah, it's an okay. entertainer's outfit. Okay. Oh, please tell me it's actually an entertainer's outfit. It, give, it gives me a bonus on my perform comedy. It's hilarious. <laughs> Dude, this character is hilarious. You want to see my pratfall? Oops. Please tell me he's doing this in midair because that's yep. even funnier. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Narmer is the name of a pharaoh of legend, so he has to wear his pharaoh outfit. Oh, okay. Hollis looks at you, you being Masika, and then looks back at the scrolls. <laughs> <laughs> So, anyway... Before we set off... You already set off. As we go. As we go. <laughs> <laughs> so, as we're heading off into the... Into the... I don't know. Are we in the front? The back? The middle? Like, where are we? Kind of in the middle the, of the pack. Okay. Are we're we heading going? towards Tetasura's territory, right? Yes, you're heading into okay. the Badlands. You're heading into the Rocky Expanse ahead. You're traveling approximately 20 miles to get there. So, it's going to take you about two days. <laughs> it's the wagons. Missy yeah. just looks boredly out the side going, man, I wish we were going faster. <laughs> All right, so are you going to bring it up? Am I going to bring it up? How are we going to do this? You bring it up, please. Coward. Hollis. <laughs> Hollis studies. Sudi's got a dramatic reveal moment, but that's, you know, that's Sudi's time to shine. Hollis looks at you and it's like, if you put that mask on in public, I will lightning bolt you. And I'll dodge out of the way. Yeah, not with your Whee! dice luck. <laughs> probably, not, probably not with my dice luck. It's true. <laughs> I don't think you should lightning bolt our driver while we're trying to get somewhere, though. I don't even have lightning bolt. He <laughs> doesn't <Anyway>. know that. <laughs> if only you hadn't barred enchantment, we could have used a, a hold spell on him. Mm. Mm. Oh, well. Again, Sudi doesn't have any idea what you are capable of. That's fine. I'm just talking. Oh, yeah. I don't Sudi think doesn't have any will saves. Actually, yeah. yeah I don't, the only thing I've seen you do is, like, create a pit. Haste. I did a fireball. I did a lightning arm. You did a fireball. Okay. So, yeah, you've done... Okay, so you've done some stuff. Yeah. There's there's been some things happening. Anyway, he's probably suitably... uh, I was going to say, uh, the last few combats, Hollis has really been able to open up and go all out. Mm -hmm. As opposed to the whole time in Tefu. Yeah. (laughs) Literally every time, it's like, oh, nope, we've got books around. Can't fireball back. As we're riding along, Masika pulls out a little clockwork contraption and starts fiddling with it. Is that the new parts for Narmer? No, Narmer's good. I'm trying to figure out how to make other stuff work. I've been pushing for laser eyes. You do not need laser eyes. Oh. What's a laser? <laughs> it's kind of like a scorching ray. Hmm. You what? can spit acid. No. Oh. Can he keep secrets? Yeah, Narmer can keep secrets. I know things that would turn your hair white. I doubt that. I doubt that. Also, my hair's already white. I know things that would turn your hair back to whatever color it used to be. What? I know things that would make your hair fall out. <laughs> <laughs> just just give in. He'll keep going. No, if it's important, Armor keeps quiet. But things that I don't tell him or he doesn't think are important. Outside of my various businesses, I also a diary. I know all of Mashika's secrets. That's actually true. Anyway. Oh, my secrets. Well, I don't know. I'm going to be quiet it. for a while while you guys talk. Thank God. Goodbye. I suddenly feel less comfortable, and I'm going to study my scrolls. Y'all are so helpful. 
I've known that fish for two days, and he's told me lots of stuff that he probably shouldn't have told four, me. Four days. Four days, some amount of days. All right. Anyway, now that we're underway... We feel it's appropriate that we let you know a little bit more about why we're going to this particular tomb. I thought everything was on a need-to-know basis. And now you need to know. So we'll kind of probably start with how we got entangled with the cult. Deals with what happened in Wati. I told you about how the dead rose. Mm. The dead rose because of a magical artifact that we were able to acquire that's also the cult was after. So they're after you because that you have some artifact that they need? Yes. Yep. Basically, yes. The problem is it's... Um, One of three. And they're all part of a long-dead pharaoh that somebody way back when split him when after he died? The cult is basically trying to raise this pharaoh once again. By bringing all three pieces together... And then they believe he'll usher in a new golden age by basically taking over and being the new pharaoh. But it seems like it's pretty evil. Or at least it would be pretty evil this time. Well, if this artifact that has his power in it caused an undead uprising, I can't say that would be good for yeah. the nation. I mean, that's a necromancy thing. It, you can go it, either way. It itself is not good or evil, but what is done with it causes great good or evil depending on who wields it. Yes, so... Well, the cults are murderous slavers. Which is why we don't want them to have it. Which is why we're trying to be very secretive about people knowing we have it. Basically. Which is why you saw us in disguise the first day. Anytime we go out into public, we try not to reveal who we are and cover up the artifact. Unfortunately, we're very distinctive. Especially that guy, and I, like, tap Sudi on the shoulder. So... We've also, when we were doing research in Tefu, we ran into the leader of this cult. He knows our faces, he knows a lot of our abilities. He then went and killed one of our dear friends. And took his journal. And took his journal, so he knows almost everything we learned up to our research point in Tefu. They've been out in the desert for years, so they already knew something was out here, so that's not your friend or whatever well, research. They but they don't know exactly where it is. They have a fraction of the set, as it were, and that fraction has a lot more memories of where things might be in the desert than the fraction we have. I guess to put this in perspective, this um, creation of these items was so, or heinous. viewed as so heinous, that they literally delete, destroyed all of the records of the person who this you know, person originally was. They destroyed all of the artwork. They basically, he's one of his monikers now is the forgotten pharaoh because nobody even realizes he was ever he ever existed. What's his name? Have the has the cult been active for seven years out here? Mm, give or take, huh? Why Not significant? I think it just confirms theory. Sarah that left seven years ago. Ah. And if she's got one of the pieces. Well, if the piece has her. Or the other way around. But the point of the matter is, is that most of the information you could have gotten about this pharaoh was lost. The remaining pieces that weren't destroyed were kept in secret libraries in Tefu. 
guarded by the temple of uh, Nethys. We, through a couple of different means, got access to these and learned some knowledge that um, has been lost through the ages. So unfortunately, we may have inadvertently helped them because we were looking for a way to find the remaining piece and destroy this thing once and for all. Now the bonus is the most important information we found. Afterward, I suppose, the idea that there's this weapon that can be used to shoot entire floating cities out of the sky because that was a thing and uh, I'm not sure how much they know about that because that is the most recent thing that we have figured out. And that's supposed to be out here somewhere too? That's what we're looking for. So, well, we're looking for Tomb of an architect who will hopefully lead who us. Matches the cartouche that Narmer has on his yes. mm-hmm. bracers. His name is Chisisek. You mentioned me again. You shush. That so. when I was a child and fell into that workshop, that was the cartouche on the walls there. Mm-hmm. That's why I put it on Narmer's bands. So there's a very good chance you found the very tomb we're looking for. Well, you said it was a workshop. It was full of the clockwork creations, and there was a clockwork sage there. He helped me build Narmer, and then the gemstone and the last of the sage's powers are what fuel Narmer now. Well, it could have been that he was buried with all of his workshop things so that he would have it in the afterlife. There, there, weren't, there weren't any bodies or hieroglyphs or anything down there. The, the sage had the cartouche emblazoned on him. Hmm. So maybe if, created by Chisisek, but not where Chisisek is buried. If Chisisek was a priest of Nethys, then he very well could have just had a workshop. That's not unheard of. That's true. We're going in the completely wrong direction for the workshop. I don't remember exactly where it is. It's by the old, o- well, it's by the oasis that's now dried up that has all the statues. Right. Well, we are planning on heading that way eventually. I think first stop, Tedesura. Was that not what we Tedesura decided? Tedesura is our first stop. And then to the Falchion Ridge. Oh, right. And then the workshop. Yes, then the workshop is near the old ruined village. That's more by the salt flats, though. The oasis dried up when my father died. Hmm. Hmm. Mm. Were they connected somehow? The story is that my father saved a Madrid princess, and in return she granted him a wish, and he wanted a safe place for himself and his family to live, so she made the oasis. Mm -hmm. And then when he died, I guess that ended the wish. Mm. Mm. So it dried up, Mm. and then whatever is turning things and people into stone moved in. The oasis that I lived at is near the salt flats, but it's not the same one. It's been there for a long, long time. We just never went near it. Something or someone or an ancient curse, I mean, you know, take your pick, is turning something to stone out there, and then they've been there so long their faces have been eroded away. I am very pleased that I purchased a scroll of flesh or stone to flesh. I applaud your foresight and was thinking about that when you picked up that scroll. I was like, that's that's probably good. Hollis learns from her mistakes. May we not have to go to that location, but we definitely will. It's yeah. it's forbidden for anyone to go out there, mostly for safety purposes. Yeah. Not. I mean, it makes sense. Mm-hmm. We've oh, had well. our own experience with being turned to stone. Not the fun experience. Yeah, mm-hmm. Citrus said something about one of your friends having gotten turned to stone. Oh, no, that was us. We were stone. That it was, was not fun. That was Hollis it was and, the two of them. and me. And the cleric? 
No. Oh, that was a different time. Same Medusa. Different time. <sighs> so, with the Oasis gone, we we had to go back. We Well, the tribe took us in, so... Hey, do you know anything about occult rituals? I Unrelated. Mean, a little bit. I've, that's Ka'at and the others have been teaching me. Do you know about a ritual that lets you pot the curtains between the living and the dead? It's not something that I can do, but I know it's one that they've performed. Okay. Well, I'm going to try to learn it. Would you want to help me do it one time? Maybe two times? I can look at I'm thinking about Fall 2. I don't know. I got all the papers here to learn it. I mean, I can try to help. It's If you're powerful enough to cast it, I you're, don't know. you're stronger than me. I think we're probably about equal, but like, we'll see. We can try. Reading is fun. <laughs> well, that's pretty much... So where is this artifact and what does it look like and... It's on his head. It looks like a mask. So... Take off your sh- your turban. So No. No, no, no. <laughs> not doing that. I was going to say take off your shirt. Take <laughs> like, off your shirt. So you just like Superman rips it and it's like, ah. Take off I'm your rope. All right. So a mask. Like the ones the cultists, the fit, the like the ones the cultists wear. Because yeah. we yes. took it off. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's it, real creepy. We have it hidden right it's, now. It basically is two parts. There's a headdress that looks kind of like Narmer's costume and then a mask. Um... That, I don't know, it fits to your face? Oh, he looks just like Sekhmet. It's like a vision of a god. It's very cool. Yeah, whoever wears it, it makes it conforms to their face and looks like them. I mean, it's horrifying, but, but the, it's very cool. The reason that we have him wearing it is because it makes, makes him immune from being able to be divined. And what about right? the rest of us? Oh, we well, can be divined. Unfortunately, we still can. Well, this cult leader doesn't know me, but if he knows the two of you and Falto and everyone else that you're traveling with... They'll know where we are. Yep. Yeah. There's only so much we can really do about that without just consuming a lot of resources. Which is also part of the reason we've been using the spells to make us look like something, someone else. Because at least then mundane means not going to work. I have to imagine that uh, Kabak's probably got other things to do than just scry on us all day, but... I've been wrong before. Also, we use the name Kavek for the leader, but apparently not his real name. He's <laughs> gone by many names, so we just call him Kavek because we don't know who whose real name is. That's the name he gave us. Yeah. So, um, yeah, so I basically wear it all the time with the mask. I don't. Um, it stays in my pack, but apparently if, if the mask is separated from me, it will return to me, so it's not a large concern. If Unless somebody manages to take both pieces? Basically, mm-hmm. yes. Mm-hmm. You would need the yes. headdress, which I'm wearing, and it's going to stay on my head. Basically forever. Well, until we can put it back together and then unmake it. Well, yeah, but who knows how long that'll take. Hopefully so. not more than, I don't know, how many books we have left? Three more books. Eight. So, anyway, that's basically it with the whole uh, mask thing. Oh, I guess it does weird, creepy visions, but... Oh, well, that's... That's... Fun. Well... We believe it's the forgotten pharaoh's memories and he's trying to influence well, our Well, like opinions. to make you agree with him? Kind of. It's like pieces. When you separate the three parts of the soul, they don't rip cleanly. And so this piece doesn't have most of the memory and personality, but it has like fragments, seems like. So we basically get odd pieces that don't really seem to connect, but it kind of calls to you in order to make you put on the mask and then shows you a vision 
we're trying to figure out if it might show us anything useful to what we're trying to do, but all we've seen so far is kind of the life of the pharaoh and his brother. Hey, we know Set's involved, maybe. Now it's got Set involved. Mm-hmm. So, but we just see pieces that jumps years around at a time. Well, maybe finding out his motivations in life will give us some more clues as to where something might be. Yeah, oh, also his body is certainly buried in a flying pyramid somewhere over the desert. I think that's the last big piece. Okay, well, that's not in any of our stories, or none that they've chosen to share with me yet, anyway. Uh, well... God seemed kind of surprised as well. Yeah, they... That's kind of cool, though, a flying pyramid. Well, it is kind of cool, isn't it? I guess there were these people that were from the Mwangi Expanse. The Shori. They're called the Shori, who could lift entire cities into the air. And this uh, pharaoh, I guess, figured out how to do it similarly, and built a weapon to destroy their cities and then a pyramid of his own that could fly. Apparently this Chisisek um, was an architect who worked on it. Probably can help us find it. Interesting. And probably killed because he built it. Definitely killed because he built it. Probably. So besides being creepy, does the artifact do anything else? Um, I mean, I feel my mind works better with the dawn. I mean, I feel kind of smarter. I mean, I already had this ability, but it, it'll let you see how close a creature is to death. Huh. Um, I can kind of do that because of the stone, so not the big thing for me. It's supposed to make you immune to all diseases. Pretty sure I already had that, too. <laughs> Dang, Sudi. <laughs> um, it, al- <laughs> it also, I mean, I guess it kind of comes with a guide, because when you put it on, it tells you how to use it. So I know that I can cast uh, Eye Bite. It's a spell. Ooh, ah, but that's a good one. Um, uh, and then I can, and I really hope I never have to use this, I can speak with dead. But who, these abilities can only be used if he is wearing the entirety. Basically, you have to wear the mask for this, so right now I wouldn't have any of these abilities. Well, you know, it's probably feeding off of your spiritual energy, so as you increase in power, it probably does too. So who knows what else it can do, honestly. I don't know, but that's what it currently can do. And, like I said, the visions. Well, that could be handy. I mean, I guess also it's, uh, you really can't be found, because we had, like, very powerful divinations cast on it and learned almost nothing about it, so it's, like, very, very hard to learn anything about it unless you put it on. Oh, and it can raise an army of undead, apparently, saying that, because you said that's what happened. <laughs> well, that's, a, that's something separate. You have to sacrifice your own soul for that, I think. Oh, don't do that. That's bad. Yes, if you're willing, you can basically have it that's consume part of your soul, I guess, was how we were told it works. Yes, if you give it your car, basically... It has incredible necromantic powers. Either really good healing or really bad undead raising badness. Huh. Um, but doing so... Yeah, don't do that. Well, if you do, we happen to fight someone who was possessed by it because they gave up part of themselves to let this mask take over and control them. And that was dumb. Yeah, so not going to be doing that at all. But that's also why we want to limit the use of the mask. So we Just try not to use it at all if we can help it. Yes. Other than those passive bonuses, I'm all for that. <laughs> and that's that. I'm going to go back to reading my scrolls. So, no more secrets. That's all we've got. 
Oh, and my best friend who saved my life may be the cult leader. Now I'm going to go back oh, to reading my scrolls. Sorry, one last one. Wow, y'all are in a lot of uh, trouble. <laughs> Hence why we were disguised when we met you. And unfortunately, now that you know pretty much anything about this, you're the cult was already cult trying leader. to kill my entire tribe anyway, so... Yes. Okay, well, there's that. <laughs> it's either enslave everyone or kill us all. One of the two, so... What do they have against your tribe anyway? Oh, we're just out here, and it's easy Convenient. enough. <laughs> that and we won't help them. Well, I mean, why would you want, help, want to help them? Well, I mean, it seemed like it was pretty much like, come to our side or die. Mm. Well, regardless, we're not going to be working with them. So we're on that, uh, I guess we're in the same, uh, what's the phrase, the same boat? The same wagon. Oh, we same are wagon. indeed in the same wagon. The yeah. same sand boat. No, no, nobody? Okay. We're in the wagon. A sand boat would be very cool, and I bet somebody has invented it. If you just put some magic on it, it would move, like, propel across the sand. That would be pretty neat. Project for another day. I have a dwarf in the mana waste that could definitely figure that out for you. But anyway... <laughs> So that yeah, that's pretty much it. So welcome to the team. Yeah. Well, anyway. So anyway, we we like ride on, and Masika gets to like process that brain dump we just dumped two and a half books worth. Yeah, you you just kind of kept going. (laughs) You know, once you stop, once you pop, the fun don't stop. All of us just want to be honest. Okay. Also, honesty. I hate like this is me as a player. I hate keeping like playing the game of like. Heather's character doesn't know, so just get it all out and be done with it. I know, but like you were guys were all going into like detail stuff, and I was just—I like, thought we decided to tell. I know, things. but it was just like I figured we'd do it in like like Bits stages rather than just one giant speech. Let her ask some questions. <laughs> oh no, Hollis has always been <laughs> sit still for fifteen minutes. <laughs> you got it. Cool. I'm going back to my life. So. I'll I'll edit it to be more succinct. So, uh, Narmer. Uh huh. Yeah. Don't tell anybody. Okay. Good job. Is he actually going to do that? Yeah. I was mostly messing with Sirenscape and wasn't paying attention to what you said. (laughs) (laughs) No, I can keep a secret. I know you can. I know who Mashika's first crush was when she was 14, and I've never told anyone. No, you haven't. I also would not know who that person is. Yeah, it wouldn't really do any good for us to know. Unless it was her husband, because that's really the only... No, this was before she even met him. Narmer. Oh, sorry. Was it a bee lady? Oh, no, but that'd be cool. Yeah. Why? (laughs) I don't know. Seems weird. I'm kind of full up on weird. Okay. She gestures to herself (laughs) and then Narmer. (laughs) Just... (laughs) Klaus just waves at everyone and everything in our... We're just very weird. I'm a cat-sized catfish mechanical automaton that walks around and flies with my flippers and wears a little pharaoh outfit. And Citra is the human staring at all you weirdos. <laughs> I was going to say, the baseline. Citra, 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 moral center of the party, also the normal center of the party. Uh, the we're all a bunch of weirdos. Yeah. I'm the, <laughs> the one that keeps all you weirdos in check. I'm Basically. only kind of weird. At least elves are in the core rule book. Okay. Yeah. That's true. That's true. We're special. We're in another book. Like some of my feats and stuff aren't. Yeah. But the, but the race. <laughs> I'm basically the Ewok of the group. I'm here because I sell all the toys. Oh, so you're Wicket? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm very collectible. 
I love the Ewoks. <laughs> you like you liked Wicked and Ewoks? I still have an Ewok plushie. Oh, yeah, you got a Wicked one. You had it on your Facebook. Oh, My yeah. brother literally named his dog Wicked uh, because yeah. that's how much we love Star Wars. Yeah, well, especially Return of the Jedi. Got the cutest ones. I suppose all of you travel through the rest of today. Make some good distance rest. Seeka doesn't think day. it's good distance. She's like, we're slow, guys. Now that you're out in the open desert, away from, away from the river, away from the south, periodically the sands pick up, whistle and blow through the surrounding region. The terrain is rockier to the north, forcing you to skirt your way south to try to make your way closer and closer towards the distant badlands, rocky crags and expanse that you can see farther along. You know eventually you're going to reach a point where the caravan is going to have to file single file if it can, and you may in fact reach a point where you'll have to branch off from the caravan, continuing on on camelback as opposed to traveling along on a wagon. It's about midway through the day, a little bit after your noon break, as you continue on, that the winds begin to pick up, that the sands begin to be blown in steady sheets. Not enough for a true sandstorm, but enough that you can see the sand skimming to the point that it makes almost the entirety of the world look like an ocean alive in movement, earth moving like water. The sky turns this odd shade of orange as the sands continue to blow past. Uh, any of those of you who have survival may roll it. I don't think we roll a lot oh. of dice this episode, so let's roll some dice. Oh, come on. Seriously? <laughs> I roll perfectly average. A 10 for a 24. I roll a 2 for a 7. No. An 11 for a 30. This is why you brought her along. <laughs> yes. Uh, Somebody who can survive out here. The orange sky is usually not a great sign. It shouldn't uh, get too bad. Probably not much more than this, but keep an eye on it. Is it going to keep us from continuing at all, you think? Mm, no, I don't think so. Citra still, like, brings up her scarf over her face and kind of covers up a little bit. Just say, so she, not like, closes all exposed areas of his clothing because it gets in the fur and never gets out. <laughs> I end up doing the shaking thing that cats do when they get out of the litter box. I just make sure that the wagon is closed. <laughs> Go ahead and give me a perception roll from the party. Uh-oh. I'm in a wagon. What kind of thing am I taking? Mm, I rolled bad. That's sound-based. I get a 16. Uh, I roll an 11 for a 28. Masika rolls a 9 for a 16. Narmer rolls a 10 for... Where did his perception go? A 10 for a 16. Rolled a 2 for a 15. Sad. I rolled real bad. So, Sudi, you, and Masika are sitting on the front. The camels grunt in complaint as you continue to push on. The outriders, the dog soldiers, have pulled in tighter. They've wrapped scarves around their own faces. They've even uh, put little bandanas over the mouths of of their riding dogs to keep them safe from the blowing sand. It's then that you hear it. Uh Uh-oh. It's disconcerting because it's so contrary to what you expect. It's like this musical piping, like eh? like brass pipes, or f- flutes being played on the wind. The wind almost seems to respond to the sound, and with it there comes the smell, the scent. Like, all you can think of is it brings you back to your fight back against Kabek, back in the, the House of Dead Palms, 
that burning smell of lightning that makes you feel like your nose is about to bleed. Uh, uh, this pervasive stench of ozone that floats through the air. Uh, um, does anybody else smell that? I don't smell anything. It I don't smell anything either. It smells like lightning. Or what? That, what it smells like after lightning. Do we need to stop? I, I don't know. I can't see anything. Should we scout out the head and tell everybody to hold on? I... I've also heard this weird... There's this weird music. It seems like the wind is responding to it, but that doesn't make any sense. Masika, you've traveled too far south. Piping, ozone. You feel your heart begin to race a little. This kind of tenseness as you sit up and try to strain your ears to hear it. And you both... You hear, followed by Citra, shortly after, followed by Hollis. This piping sound. Rhythmic. This kind of constant in and out. Almost like something breathing in the desert winds. The singing storm. The desert dragon. Oh no. Harbinger of death and destruction. As you realize this, the first fort crack of lightning tears through the storm, ricocheting off and sparking through the caravan as camels scream and people grab the reins. And I will need initiative from the party next time. Is it an actual dragon? What? Who knows? Oh, no. oh come like on. No one like survives it. to tell the tale. I'm going to go with it's an elemental. Find the Path Ventures is an officially licensed partner of Paizo Incorporated. Mummy's Mask is copyright 2014. Mummy's Mask and the Pathfinder Adventure Path are trademarks of Paizo. All Pathfinder images are property of Paizo and are used with permission.